so anyway, let's get right into our word this morning. Um, as we continue on with our series, Foolproof, we're going to talk about how to foolproof your life, living in wisdom. And today we're going to have a really good topic. I had a lot of fun with this in early service. Watch your words. Yeah, I know. You, I groaned too. <laughs> when, I was, when I was working on this message, I thought, okay, you had to put that in there, didn't you? Watch your words. Proverbs 18, 21, very famous passage of Scripture. It just simply reads like this. What did I say? 21. <laughs> yeah, it is famous. See, I forgot it. Verse 21 reads, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Let's read that again. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. May the Lord add his blessing to his word this morning. Now, now as we get back into our series, again, this is uh, number four in our series. Next week, you don't want to miss next week. I've got a, a special uh, little skit that we're going to do uh, introducing next week. You don't want to miss it. it it's it's going to be really, really good. Uh, I'm excited about it. This is a great series, by the way, because the thing that we under, need to understand is the Bible is not just about Sunday life, okay? It doesn't, it doesn't just teach me about my spiritual life. The Bible is good for all life. You know, there's never a situation that you find yourself in that God's Word doesn't have something to weigh in on it. I, 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 again, I mentioned in the early service this morning that uh, Financial Peace University, you know, Dave Ramsey has done a, we've done that about three times here at Bethel in my 30 years pastoring here, and, and Dave Ramsey's done a good job of building financial principles on the teachings of the Bible. And, and you've got to understand, that's what it is. It's not, it's, it's not the wisdom of a CPA it's not the wisdom of someone who has an advanced degree in accounting or finance. It is simply based on the teachings of Scripture. The Bible teaches me how to be a good person. It teaches me how to be a good husband, how to be a good wife. It teaches me how to raise my children and how to do finances and how to do business. And again, it's all contained in Scripture. And so if it's in the Scriptures, we are to avail ourselves to it. And so we're talking about how to foolproof our lives. And, and so this morning, we're going to talk about watching our words. Now, I mentioned in the first series of this message, or the first message of this series, that every one of us, uh, one of the most, er one of the most, uh, uh, one of the areas that I guess we're all prone to, or most of us, well, I'll say all of us, are prone to a little bit of foolishness is in our talk. How many would agree with that? One area that all of us are prone to foolishness is in our conversation. How many of you ever, how many of you have ever put your foot in your mouth? Yeah, it's like, you know, if I could do the other one, I'd do that too. Or spat it off at the mouth. Um, you know, it's hard to go a day without blowing it with your words. I, I, I doubt we put much thought into what we say, but, but if you don't, please understand, words are powerful. Your words are powerful. <clears throat> Think about this. With our words, we have the ability or the power to build up, or we have the power to tear down. With my words, I can inspire or I can beat down. It's my choice. And, and my words will accomplish one of two things. I will either edify or build someone up or I will tear them down. So it's important that we, that we learn how to guard our speech. Now, if we want to foolproof our lives, we have, to, we have to watch what we say. Proverbs has a lot of wisdom regarding our speech. I was amazed because I didn't realize this, but in Proverbs, the Proverbs refers to our tongue, our mouth, and our lips 150 times in 31 chapters. Now, I would tell you that if there's a two, two or three references to a particular topic that's important, 
But 150 times in 31 chapters, I would say that Jesus understood we have problems with our mouth. Sometimes our mouth overloads us. Listen, and I, I was the first one to raise my hand this morning <laughs> at, the, at the altar time. Like, Lord, guard my, guard my mouth. You know, our text again says the tongue has the power of life and death. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Now think about this. Everything that we said this past week either, think about it, either built someone up or it tore them down. Everything we said this past week either built someone up or it tore them down. So, so let's, let's unpack this and talk about our words this morning. First of all, please understand, again, I said it, our words are powerful. The first thing that we see in Scripture is that the tongue has power. Everybody say power. power. Researchers say, and I, I thought this was interesting, researchers say that men tend to speak at a rate of about 125 words per minute. Okay? Women speak at a rate of 180 words would gust up to 250 words a minute. In an average day, they say, researchers say, that men speak about 7,000 words a day, whereas women speak 20,000 words a day. Now, you draw your own conclusion. I'm not going there. My point is, if we talk that much, we need to be careful, or we're going to put our foot in our mouth pretty frequently. I mentioned this in early service that, you know, 30 years of ministry, as a, as, a, as a pastor, I talk. I'm very, you know, quite verbose. No need to amen there, but I'm, you know, I, I talk. I talk a lot. And, and so in my 30 years, I've discovered, you've heard me say this before, but I've discovered that with a little salt and pepper, crow doesn't take, taste too bad. Right? I've, I've eaten crow because in my haste, I have opened my mouth and said things that I had to go back and say, you know what, that was boneheaded of me to do that. You know, so, so again, uh, words are powerless. In fact, uh, or excuse me, powerful. Words can be, can be devastating. Proverbs, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today. Proverbs 12, 18 says, reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Now think about that. Our tongue can sabotage relationships and, uh, uh, and destroy reputations. How many have ever been the subject of rumor and innuendo? How many has ever received the brunt of criticism from other people? Again, our words are very powerful. Reckless words will pierce like a sword. How many has ever had the sting of harsh words? You know, but the, the writer of Proverbs says, but the tongue of the wise brings, brings healing. Uh, like a sword, our speech can lacerate a life in a matter of seconds. That's why I say to parents all the time, be careful, particularly in the post-COVID generation. We, I mentioned this on Wednesday night, but one of the latest articles I read about, uh, about what's going on in society today, our children today, the article that caught my attention was that children today are battling anxiety more than ever before. Elementary students are prone to anxiety, uh, to fear, uh, to, 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 to apprehensions of life. And, and I think as parents, and again, I'm not saying don't correct your children. I'm not saying don't discipline children. I'm saying be very careful about the words that you used in, in dealing with your children. Uh, you know, back in the day, I grew up in a time where, where it was like, you know, I died once and my mom said, shake it off. Right? Okay, some of you get that at lunch. <laughs> Right, We grew up in a generation where if something happened, they said, oh, I'll just suck it up and go on. 
And today's generation, it's not like that. Our children are, again, and I don't mean, you know, again, we have pansies. We raise pansies in this generation. They're just fragile, and we have to be careful about what we say. Um, the things, that, again, that we say can either bring emotional health and healing to people, or it can defeat them. Proverbs 12, 25 says, an anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. Isn't that true? How many has ever gotten depressed because somebody said something unkind to you? Yeah, and nobody likes it. I mean, you know, I don't like to be criticized. I don't like to be ridiculed. I don't like that. And that's what he says. An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word. How many's had the experience of having somebody at the right moment come and speak a word of life to you? And boy, talk about a, uh, an attitude shift. It does something incredible. Uh, you, uh, again, if you've had harsh words spoken to you, uh, I, in, in, in my ministry down through the years, I've met people that are in their adulthood who have been wounded and carry the wounds from what their parents said when they were children. Be careful. Be careful. Oh, they get past it. They get over it. They just never forget it. They remember the pain. They remember how uncomfortable they felt. Uh, again, and, and it's probably been decades you know, words are not isolated. We, if we're going to talk that much, words speak a lot, and they spread a lot. I had a guy one time say, well, pastor, you know, that's just kind of the way I am. You, you know what I say? He came to change the way you am. Right? He did. You know, I just kind of blow up like a shotgun. Yeah, but you scatter everything, and you can never get it back. It just scatters everywhere. Proverbs 20, 16, 27 says, and I love the way this reads. It says, a scoundrel plots evil. And his speech is like a scorching fire. He calls someone who doesn't know how to talk properly a scoundrel. <laughs> Not a positive thing, right? You know, maybe you've experienced the pain, again, that comes from rumor and innuendo. And it spreads like a wildfire. And it's not fun. You know, words don't just evaporate once they're spoken. They linger and they affect people. They're like burning embers that, I, I told you a couple of weeks ago when I went through survival school in the military, they taught us how to take one ember and pack that thing in such a way that you could carry it for miles, and then unpack it, blow up on it, get that oxygen going, and it turned into one ember. That's what he said. Evil speech is of such magnitude that, that it, starts, it could start at just embers, and it can turn into a, wage, a raging wildfire. So let me ask you a question. Do your words build people up, or do they tear people down? Do, do, how about this? Your words, do they reveal that you have a relationship with Jesus? Or do people scratch their head and wonder, oh, I never thought you went to church? Isn't that a sad day, by the way? If somebody's surprised because we go to church. You know, so let me give you several ways that we can use our tongues for evil. Number one, gossip. Now, now everybody knows what gossip is, right? It's the pet sin of the church, right? We're quick, we're quick to condemn homosexuality. We're quick to condemn... Uh, you know, all these other sins. We don't like to talk about gossip. So I'll start there, gossip. Proverbs twenty nineteen says, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid a man who talks so much. <laughs> That's pretty good advice. Be careful about those who are robust, those who talk all the time. Proverbs eighteen eight says that some people feed on gossip like others who enjoy, how many enjoy food? Yeah, okay, come on. We like food. Well, the proverb, the writer of Proverbs says that, 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 we, that we feed on gossip like people enjoy food. In fact, here's what he said. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's 
innermost parts. That goes to our nature. We like negative things. We gravitate to the negative. That means that gossip is usually fun and interesting. And as I said last week, you go to any grocery store, any type of store, when you get to the checkout counter, there's always a magazine rack. It's filled with tabloids, and they write headlines to grab you. You want to know about that alien that crashed last week, and they got proof. Right? Right? I mean, it's there, and it, and it, it grabs you. You know, that's what it does. Gossip. We like gossip. The danger is when we feed on gossip, we always crave more. Another way we use our words in an evil way is angry words. Okay, this is, I'm going to meddle a little bit. Angry words. Do you angrily lash out at others? You know, probably most of us have had the experience of, of, of having harsh words. Volcan- I call it volcanic garbage or verbiage, if you will. Proverbs 29, 22 says an angry man stirs up dissension and a hot-tempered man commits many sins. Again, that goes back to the, the, the temperament. You know, one, one of the facets of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Self-control. And yet, how many today, and, and, and I'll be the first to raise my hand. You know, God's done a pretty good job working in my life, but I still got a long way to go. See, my patience and my self-control haven't found each other yet. Particularly when I'm behind the wheel of a car, <laughs> okay? You know, hey, I wouldn't have a problem if everybody learned how to drive. Amen? How many believe that? How many are with me? Yeah, just help them. How'd you get your license? Anyway, I'm there to start. Get me on my soapbox. (laughs) But we lash out. We get angry. Another way we use our words in an evil way is lying. Lying. Proverbs 6, 17 says that a lying tongue is one of the six things that God hates. Did you know that? A lying tongue is one of the six things that God hates. Proverbs 12, 19 says, Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. You know, as you get older, you better hope that you're telling the truth. Because what happens is you get older, you're forgetful, and you might forget the lie you told last week. Right? Right? We can use that for, for evil. Here's another one, flattery. Flattery. Now, most of us really secretly enjoy flattery, but you know the Bible warns against it? The Bible warns against flattery. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 5 says, Whoever flatters his neighbor is spreading a net for his feet. I'll share this with you. I've shared it before, but Sister LaFon, many of you remember Sister Florine LaFon, missionaries. When they came off the field back in 97, I guess it was, uh, and started attending here, it wasn't but a couple years. Sister LaFon was an English teacher. And so at her funeral, I shared this story because it, it, really des- it really described her. She was an English teacher. And so I get a letter from her one day. And, and in that letter, she said, Dear Pastor Mike, she said, I think you are perfect. I think you preach better than anybody I've ever sat under. I enjoy your messages. I enjoy how you conduct yourself and how you, how you just homespun humor that you put in that. She said, I just think you are wonderful. But... But, she said, you have a problem conjugating your verbs. That's an English teacher for you. (laughs) And she goes, you have a problem conjugating your verbs, particularly sit, set, and sat. And she said, if you would allow me, I will come and private tutor you. That's what she said. I'll private tutor you so that you will truly be perfect. (laughs) And so the next... uh, 
the next Sunday I saw her, I went up to her and I said, Sister LaFon, I said, thank you. I said, you, you embarrassed me. I, I appreciate your kind words. I said, I, I said, as far as the tutoring goes, I said, it's not that I don't know grammar and rules. I said, when I get to preach, I don't care. <laughs> right? That's, so, so if you've ever heard me say, I know this is not grammatically correct, that's where it came from. <laughs> so if she's looking down from me, on me from heaven, I say, this is not grammatically correct for you, Sister LaFon. <laughs> Be careful about flattery. I'm not saying that she's laid a net for my feet, but you understand. I mean, we love, we, we love flattery. But the, but the Proverbs, writer of Proverbs says, look, be careful. They're laying a net, you know. Flattery is one who pats you on the back while they're looking for a spot to insert the knife tomorrow. That's flattery. Another way that we get ourselves in trouble with our speech is impulsive words. Impulsive, how many's ever done that? Here's what Proverbs 29, 20 says. It says, do you see a man who speaks in haste? There, listen to what he said. There's more hope for a fool than for him. Jesus said every idle word that a man utters, we, he'll be accountable for. You know what an idle word is? An idle word is when you put your mouth in gear and your brain in neutral. That's an idle word. And what he said, how many of you have ever just jumped? Uh, you know, most of the time today, we listen to respond. Isn't that, isn't that true? We hear to respond. We don't hear to understand. And what he says is, be careful if you see a man who's constantly jumping in. It's like you're talking to them, and before you ever, you ever ask the question, they're already responding. He said, there's more hope for a fool than for him. Be careful. Hasty words. We all experience the horror of saying something too quickly and opening our mouth and inserting our foot. I tell people all the time, I've, I feel like I relate to Peter quite a bit because to me, Peter was one of those guys that hastily spoke without thinking about it. Again, be careful about what you say. Here's another one, okay? Filthy language. Filthy language. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul said, do not use foul or abusive language. And, and I, know, I know the argument today is, well, pastor, they're just words. No, you, you got to understand, we're different. We're called to be different. And it, this, this has nothing to do with condemnation, not at all. I'm just simply saying the Bible says don't use foul or abusive language. In fact, here's what Paul goes on to write. He said, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Have you noticed how uh, we live in a profanity-filled world today? I mean, everywhere you turn, I, I, think about television, just normal sitcoms, regular TV. You know, they use words today and phrases today that 20 years ago would not, they'd be on late night television. But today in prime time, we see profanity-laced movies, profanity-laced sitcoms, and, and, and we laugh about that, and I think we have to be very careful about that. The Bible says don't use that type of language. And again, I know uh, we're New Testament, New Covenant. No, but the, listen to me. The call of Christ for us is to be different than everybody else. And it's not that we're better than anybody, okay? It's not that we're better than anybody. It's that we've been redeemed and we're to be different. You know, this series is about foolproof in our lives. And we listen, we can always be like everybody else, but we've been called to something different. You know, as Christians, we need to resist that temptation to allow expletives to flow from our lips. You, you've heard my story. I, was a, I, I had a foul mouth when I was a teenager. 
When I went into the military, it didn't help that I got assigned to what I got assigned to in the military. I had a real bad mouth, a real filthy mouth. And the Lord spoke to me when I rededicated my life to the Lord in 1985 in that barracks in San Antonio. God said, I'll never be able to use you until you clean your mouth up. Well, how many know you get in a habit? I told the early service, look, if you can't figure out a word to say instead of a, an expletive, come see me. I'll get you a dictionary. There, there are a lot of words in there, by the way. And uh, so, so, so here's what I did. I prayed every day. I, my prayer was every single day was, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. And I prayed that every day, every day, every day, every day, until one day I woke up and realized I hadn't said an ugly word in a long, as long as I could remember. And again, you've heard me say this for years. My children grew up in a household that never heard their dad use a cuss word. Never. Because God took it away from me a long time ago. I committed it to the Lord. I'm just simply saying, listen, if you're prone to profanity, ask God to muzzle your mouth. I mean, it's kind of comical, but, but the truth is, ask God to muzzle your mouth and develop words that edify. Well, pastor, I mean, what if I get angry? Well, it's kind of like one great leader said, when you get angry, count to 10. And if you really get angry, count to 100. <laughs> does your speech, listen, does your speech attract people to the gospel or does it repel them? That's the difference. But you know what? Those are some of the evil ways that we can use our words. I've got to hurry. Just as our words can be used for evil, they can also be used for life. They can always be used for life. Proverbs 10, 11 it says, the mouth of a righteous, the righteous is a fountain of life. How many ever had somebody come up to you and speak a word that just was so encouraging to you? I mean, when you, got, when, you, when you left their presence, you felt like you could take the world on with both hands tied behind your back, and you're like, go ahead, devil, take your best shot. That's life. That's life. That's what we are to, we are to emanate life and attract life. We are, we're the light of the world. And our words should, should rec again, should reflect that. Again, when we listen to words of someone who is wise, it's like taking a, a long drink of, fre of a fresh spring in the middle of an August day. It's refreshing to us. Again, our children, I've always said this, you know, we're big family people here. I believe in the family. I think the family, again, when you heal the family, you heal the church. And when you heal the church, you change the world. Family's important. And I think as parents, we need to know that our children need to feel safe in their house. They need to feel safe with words that are spoken there. I'm not, again, I'm not saying don't discipline them. I'm not saying don't correct them. I'm saying be very careful. I'm all for correcting and discipline, but if you discipline out of anger, that's abuse. If you discipline to correct, that's what discipline is all about. It's about correcting, not because they interrupted your as the world turns episode. Be careful. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Proverbs 16, 24, here's what he says. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. I like that. One of the five love languages of Dr. Chapman's book is words of affirmation. Anybody know what that means? It means giving the attaboys when the attaboys are needed or necessary. Maybe not even needed, just, just affirming somebody. Say, you know what, I really, I, I appreciate, so, so this morning, being, today being Pastor Appreciation Day, those are words of affirmation that encourage the staff. 
Because there, listen, there's, there's a lot that, again, you know this, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm just saying there's a lot that goes on. Some, and sometimes you're up here, and sometimes you're down here, and one day you're a hero, and the next day you're a zero. And to have somebody that comes along and says, you know what, I really appreciate that. It's life. When I, Sheila and I first got married, we were children's pastors in Louisiana. When I wasn't deployed, we were over, we had 125 children in our children's ministry. And it was just the two of us. Long time ago. <laughs> and there were many times that she, we would beg for help and we would ask for help and we could never get any help because nobody wants to miss big, big church, right? So we couldn't get help. And we would struggle. And of course, being in the military and you know, my wife was, was an assistant librarian there at the local library. Again, I checked out more books than I've ever read in my life when we were dating. And it was hard, and there were times that I wanted to quit. I wanted to wave the white flag and throw the towel in and say, you know, I just can't do this anymore. I can't get anybody to help. I can't get anybody to join us. And, and, and it was always one of those things where you get to the point where you're ready to throw the towel in. And so we go to the, one of the local stores there, and we walk in, and across the, the store, on the other side of the store, was one of our bus kids that we'd pick up. And you'd hear them over there, Brother Mike, Sister Sheila, hi. And they're yelling in the store. And you think, that's what I'm doing it for. Out of their mouth was a word that brought life to disheartened people. See, that's important. Pleasant words are like honeycomb. They're pleasant. They're sweet to the soul and they're healing to the bones. If you've ever been a constant recipient of ridicule and criticism, having somebody come up and said, you know, I really appreciate what you do. That's good. Again, honey was both a luxury and it was a medicine in ancient Israel. You know, when we talk tenderly to somebody else, it becomes priceless. You know, whoever said sticks and stones may break my bones, but words never hurt? Wrong. They, they, they were dropped on their head too many times when they were a kid. Not true. Not true. Words, listen, you'll get over a broken bone, but many people never get past a spoken word. This is true of parents and children. It's true of husbands and wives and wives and husbands. When did we get permission to treat, as a, as a husband, when did I get permission to treat my wife less than who God made her to be? And when did, I, when did you as a wife get permission to treat your husband less than who God made him to be? And yet in today's culture, we think nothing of that. I'm telling you, your words mean something. And you can only go back so often times and say, well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that until it falls on deaf ears and you don't hear that anymore. So how do we gain control? I got a, I got a few minutes, I got to go. How do we gain control of our words? Well, number one, the obvious thing is think more, <laughs> right? I know we don't do that in a culture today, but think more is, impo is an important thing. See, most of, most of my mouth mistakes, most of those things that, that I say mistakenly with my mouth simply is because I don't engage my brain first. Proverbs 12, 18, again, says reckless words pierce like a sword. Reckless words. When I say something unkind, it's usually because I've not spent time thinking about what I need to say. Again, I've gone back many times and I've, ate, I've eaten crow because I said something in a moment that I didn't think about and I had to go apologize. When my children were growing up, I, there were times I'd go to my children when I would discipline when, when, when clearly... I didn't have a clue what I, was, <laughs> what I was talking about. And when I got the level head and 
understood the dynamics of what was going on, I've set them down. And I apologized to them and said, you know what? I'm human and I made a mistake and I'm sorry. Again, think. Proverbs 15, 28 says, the heart of the righteous ponders how to answer. It ponders. You think about it. But here's what he says. But the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. I like that. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer. Sometimes we just need to hit the pause button. Before we open our mouth and utter a word, we need to hit the pause button and think about what we're about to say. When we think more, we'll be better able to avoid messing up. Sometimes it's best not to answer, right? Sometimes the best thing to do. Ladies, if your husband doesn't answer you, leave him alone. He's pondered and thought best not to say anything. And if you press him for an answer and he's going to answer, you're going to get mad. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> Proverbs 29, uh, excuse me, 26, 4 says, do, I love this one, says, do not answer a fool according to his folly. You will be like him yourself. It's kind of like what Abraham Lincoln said one time. He said, uh, uh, you know, keep your mouth shut. You know, don't, uh, better in silence to be thought a, a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. <laughs> I like that. So before you answer, pause. Think about it. Number two, talk less. Talk less. See, our again, that's just, that's just statistics. The chances of blowing it with our speech lessen the less we talk, right? And it makes sense? I like Quakers have a saying. Quakers put it like this. Never break the silence unless you can improve on it. That's good. Never break the silence unless you can improve on it. Uh, Proverbs 10, 19, put it this way. When words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. So the more we talk, the more opportunity we have to get in trouble. Proverbs 17, 28, even a fool is thought, a wise, is thought wise if he keeps silent and discerning if he holds his tongue. That's where Abraham Lincoln got it. <laughs> William Norris once wrote this. If your lips would keep from slips, five things observe with care. To whom you speak, of whom you speak, and how and when and where. <laughs> Number three, listen better. Again, don't listen to respond, listen to understand. Proverbs 15, 31 says, He who listens to a life-giving rebuke will be at home among the wise. Be okay with constructive criticism. You know, 30 years, you can imagine, I was talking to somebody at the funeral, uh, I had a funeral uh, just not long ago, and I was talking to one of the families, and we were reminiscing about 1993 when I became pastor here. And, and some of the things that, you know, one of the things I've always said about the church is I've loved, I love the way the church has allowed me to fail. We've always been willing to jump out and try. You know, I'm, I'm not static. I want to I wanna be busy about the Father's business. And sometimes, and, and, and so I remember, one some of you might remember, it's a long time ago. It probably was 94. You know, churches started growing. Back then we had the pews. And we had a, we had, until Pam cut those things off up here, we had these, we had this uh, banister with the, pen, uh, what do they call those, the spindles. And anyway, we were running out of room on the, on the because we had an organ over here, we had a big piano over here, and so we just were limited on space, and I got the bright idea of putting the band up in the baptistry. I thought, well, it's space, might as well do it. And, and I, I kid you not, the first Sunday we did that, a lady walks into the back door, stops right there, looks up there and says, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> I appreciated her honesty, 
And, and looking back, she, she was probably right, but I was trying something. You know, uh, I listen. I've listened. Proverbs 19, 20 says, listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end, you'll be wise. I learned that was the dumbest thing I'd ever done. <laughs> well, actually, it's not. Some of you don't know this. One time, our heater went out in the baptistry. You remember this? Our heater went out in the baptistry. And there are a lot of people, I know back in the day, they all dunk them in the creek and stuff and don't really mind. Well, you know, we've raised, I don't want to say pansies, but we raised people today who don't like cold water. And so the heater was out. We had a baptism service coming up. And I'm trying in my mind to think of ways that we can heat the water. So I get two or three heaters that you can buy, like, like uh, uh, hot tub heaters. I direct wire those things. I got a board hanging across the top of the, of the baptistry, and they're dangling down with, with electric wires. They're dangling down in the water, trying to heat that water. <laughs> now, I was, an, I was an inspector. That would have failed right there. <laughs> that might would have got me in jail. <laughs> but I did it. I did it. Again, listen to advice, and in the end, you'll grow wise. Number four, got to hurry up. Number four, encourage others. Again, Proverbs 15, 4 says, the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. Again, I want people to be better after they've met me than to be worse. A, tree, a tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. Again, how many of our wor my words last week built up as opposed to tear down? I, thought, I saw this and I thought it was a good analogy. If I, were, if I was given, if I was paid 10 cents for every kind word that I said, and then I had to give away 5 cents for every negative thing that I said, would I be rich or poor? <laughs> you know, it's something to consider. Number four, excuse me, number five, avoid gossip. We already talked about that. Avoid gossip. Proverbs 16, 28 says, a gossip, what does he do? Separates close friends. Listen, the rule of thumb is this. If somebody comes up to you and wants to talk about somebody else, say, wait a minute, go and find them and say, now tell me. That'll stop it right there. That'll stop it right there. Don't entertain gossip about a brother or sister in Christ. It's not, it's not healthy. It's not good. And here's the thing. The interesting part of it is the more that gossip is interesting, the more likely it's false. Number six, tell the truth. Isn't it sad that we got to talk about that? Tell the truth. We should be known. The Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no. No, tell the truth. Let people, let your, again, let it be known. I mean, we should be different, right? Amen? It's a sad day when there's no discernible difference between someone who claims no relationship with the Lord and someone who calls himself born again. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 17 says, a truthful witness gives honest testimony, but a false witness tells lies. Just tell the truth. People value those who speak truth, even when it hurts. Proverbs 16, 13 says, kings take pleasure in honest lips. They value a man who speaks the truth. I would rather be around someone who tells me the truth than someone who flatters me with lies. Sometimes God speak, tells us to speak into other people's lives. Proverbs 17, 10 says, a rebuke impresses a man of discernment more than a hundred lashes of a fool. Truth, not, is not all, is, truth is not painless, but it's beneficial. Why is it so hard to say things? Guys, come on back. I'm going to wrap this up. Why is it so hard to say kind things with our, word, with our mouth? I think it's because the tongue is inextricably tied to our hearts. 
Isn't that what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15 and chapter 12, chapter 12, chapter 15? Here's what he said. For out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, lies, and slander. You see, what happens is my, my public words is a pronouncement of my private life. Did you get that? What I say in public is, an, is, is indicative of what's happening in my private life. That's why the Bible says we're to be careful. I want my words to draw people to Jesus, not push them away. And that's important. Again, this, this message, I told you, this is a very pragmatic series, foolproof. It's the wisdom of God, how to live in a day. This is not about condemnation. Listen, this is about getting in alignment with who God is and what God wants of us. Because Jesus said, I'm going away. He's empowered us to carry out the gospel through the Great Commission. And the only way we can do that is that we maintain that integrity in our walk with the Lord. How many witnesses have been ruined because they say one thing with one side of their mouth and something with the other side of their mouth? That's devastating to the cause of Christ and should never be a part of who we are. So what do we do? Every day we say, <laughs> well, uh, here, here's the scripture. Uh, again, our, uh, Psalm 141, 3. Here's, here's the scripture I'm going to end with this morning. The psalmist writes these words. says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. I like that. Set a guard. The word guard in Hebrew is sentinel. Set a soldier at the door of my mouth, it's like, the, it's like the meme I saw one time where somebody's trying to utter a word and the Holy Spirit's got his hand over their mouth. <laughs> Sometimes you need that, right? How many has ever sat down as a keyboard warrior and you've typed out something you wanted to say and respond to somebody and before you could hit send, the Holy Spirit said, knock that off. And you went back and you deleted it. That's what Psalm 141 is. Set a guard over my mouth. If I'm going to say words, let it be words that edify. Let it be words that build up. Let it be words that... Listen, the world is good at telling us what's wrong. Again, you don't believe me? Turn on the news. I say it all the time. They start out saying good evening, and for an hour they tell you why it's not. They're good. We need to change the narrative. We need to speak words that give life. Jesus, or excuse me, God spoke through Moses in Deuteronomy. He said, look, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And then what did he say? He said, choose life. Choose life that you may live. May God help us to choose life in our words that we speak. There's somebody, when you go to that restaurant and she gets your order wrong, or he gets your order wrong, don't berate them and tell them how ignorant and foolish and how simple-minded they are. I've seen that happen, by the way. My skin crawls when I see people berating others for mistakes that they make in life. Be gracious because our Heavenly Father has been gracious to us. See, this is where the rubber meets the road. That's why I'm saying this is not about my Sunday go-to-meeting life. It's about my day-to-day life because you know what? Tomorrow somebody's going to push your buttons. How many believe that? They're going to push your buttons, and if they don't do it tomorrow, they'll do it Tuesday. This week, somebody is going to get on your last nerve. You might be sitting next to them, but somebody's going to get on your last nerve. (laughs) 
Be gracious. Be gracious because God has been gracious to us. May the words of so so how do I do that? Again, we're prone to foolishness. I'm closing, I promise. How do we do that? Again, since we're prone to foolishness, surrender it to God. It's like the lady that came to the pastor and said, Pastor, I've got a problem with gossip. I want to lay my tongue on the altar. And he said, Ma'am, it's only 12 feet long. (laughs) (laughs) Just give it to the Lord. Take your burden to the Lord. Take your speech to the Lord. Take your anger to the Lord. Take it to the Lord and leave it there. It works. I'm a living example of the fact. I prayed that every day. Come on, stand with me. I promise you I'm closing. I'll just let you know I'm serious. I prayed every day, probably six months. Again, I'm not, if if, if you have a problem with with profane language, I'm not here to condemn you at all. That's not my job. I'm just simply saying God told me, he said, you know, I can't use you until you clean your mouth up. And so I had to make it a matter of prayer because it had become such a habit. You know, I played baseball in school. So baseball, I mean, we talk bad. I go in the military, uh, part of the Air Force Special Operations. They talk bad. They still talk bad. I said, okay, every day, Lord, <laughs> may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, because again, out of the abundance of the heart, may it be pleasing in your sight. Every day I prayed that prayer over and over and over again. And one day, it dawned on me, your speech changed. Your speech changed. If you have a problem with profanity, pray that prayer. If you have a problem with angry words, pray that prayer. If you, again, whatever it is, pray and ask God. Pray and ask God. Because you know what he does? He delights. He delights in giving good things to his children. And if you have hang-ups in those areas, he's ready to help you. If you find yourself criticizing more than praising, ask God to help you, give you a different spirit. What did David pray in Psalm 51? Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. That might be a good place to start. God create a clean heart. With so much profanity and profaneness in our society, ask God to give us a clean heart and renew His Spirit in us. Won't you bow with me as we close in prayer this morning? And I just, I want to ask this, and this is with, with all sincerity, because we do an altar time every service. It's important. If you're here today, say, you know what, Pastor, I want to learn how to control my speech. I, I, I do. I, I, have a, I have a problem at times with my mouth. It overloads me. It gets in my way. Again, I, I, I was the first to raise my hand this morning because there's still times that, again, he's still working on me. And there are times that, that, that I don't have much patience and I say things I shouldn't say. I criticize when I shouldn't criticize. And so I pray, God, help me. Help me to have self-control. Help me to have temperament to manage my words. And particularly when it comes to children and young people, let's build them up. I used to brag on my children, not what they were, but what I knew they could become. Let us speak words of life.
If you're here today as we sing this morning, maybe you're here and say, you know what, Pastor, there's some areas of my life I want to change. I want to, I want to change the way I talk. I want to change the way I use my words. I am short-tempered at times. I am hasty in what I say at times. And I don't want to be like that. I want to be a representative of the love of Christ in my day-to-day life. If you're here this morning and that's you in any one of those areas, you say, Pastor, you know what? I'm just ready for God to change my heart. Then as we sing, would you come and let us pray with you this morning? Just for a few moments. If you're here today, say, Pastor, you know what? I need some help in that area. And I'm willing to surrender to the Lord. Were creation suddenly articulate With a thousand tongues to lift one bright From north to south and east to west We'd hear Christ be magnified Were the whole earth echoing His imminence His name would burst from sea and sky From rivers to the mountaintops we'd hear Christ be magnified singing oh Christ be magnified just let his praise arise Christ be magnified in me singing oh Christ be magnified on the altar of my life. Christ be magnified in me. When every creature finds its inmost melody, Every human heart, its native pride. Then in what raptured him, praise will sing Christ be magnified, be magnified, singing oh Christ be magnified. Just let in me singing oh Christ be magnified from the altar of my life Christ be magnified in me singing oh Christ be magnified just let his praise arise Christ be magnified in me singing oh Christ be magnified from the altar of my life Christ be magnified in me and 
And I won't bow to idols. I'll stand strong and worship. If it puts me through the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. And I won't be formed by feelings. I hold fast to what is true. If your cross brings transformation, I'll be crucified with you. Cause death is just a doorway into resurrection. If I join you in your suffering, then I'll join you when you rise. And when you return in glory, all the angels and the saints, my heart will still be singing. Lord, my song will be the same. Christ be magnified in me, singing of Christ be magnified from the altar of my life. Christ be magnified in me. Would you make that your prayer this morning? make that your prayer. Lord, be glorified in every aspect of my life. I want to, I want to leave you with one, one last thing. It was while we were singing and praying. Be careful about self-criticism. What I mean is I'm hard on myself. I'm real hard on myself. Especially when I'm going through hard times and I wonder where God is. I'm really hard on myself. And, and here's what I'll tell you. Of all the people that you've been called to love, you're one of them. You're one of them. Love yourself. You may not be where you want to be, but you're not who you used to be. Of all the people that God calls us to love, He calls us to love ourselves. You Don't compare yourself to somebody else. Sunday school Sally, Deacon Dan, Elder Eddie. Don't compare. Love who you are and love yourself enough to allow God to continue to work in you. That's important. Speak words to yourself that build you up. Don't tear yourself down. Don't tear, tear as a husband, as a wife, as a parent, don't tear yourself down. Speak words that edify. Speak words that build your faith. Watch what God will do, church. Father, today, I love you. Lord, this very pragmatic word today, Lord, I pray that you would help us in our speech. Lord, help us to be emissaries of the light and of life. Lord, help us to go and speak words that build and strengthen and edify. And Lord, when we fail, Lord, we repent and ask you to help us. We get up and we keep trying. Change the way we interact with one another. I pray for husbands and wives. I pray for parents and children. Lord, that you would change our conversation and change the words of that conversation and help us to speak words of life that breed life, that bring life. And Lord, in our daily walk, Lord, when we are pushed, and Lord, when our nerves are tested, Lord, put a guard over our mouth so that we speak words that build and draw people to you. I ask you to go with us today. Give us a great day. Lord, bless the speed of the lunch. 
Thank you for Speed the Light and what it means and does for our missionaries. Bless their, their meal today. Father, I pray that you give us a great week, Lord. May we wake up each day with a spring in our step and a song in our heart. Lord, as we go out knowing that we are bringing light into the darkness wherever we go. I love and I bless each one now in the mighty name of Jesus. And we all said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being with us online. I look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you and I love you very much. Stand strong and worship you. If it puts me through the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. And I won't be on my feet. I hold fast to what is true. Because if your cross brings transformation, I'll be crucified with you. Because is just the doorway to resurrection. If I join you in your suffering, then I'll join you when you rise. And when you return in glory, all the angels and the saints, my heart will still be singing, my song will be the same.